As the children of Israel in the Old Testament rebelled continuously against God, so do the churches today rebel against the Holy Bible. Jesus says the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. They teach something totally different in their churches. They teach a gospel which they made up which says God loves you and wants you to be happy. Of course you can marry a divorced woman. Paul says when the woman who is divorced remarries, she shall be called an adulteress. That's by the inspiration of God that Paul is speaking for all scripture is inspired by God. And in Romans chapter 7 verses 1 through 3, he says the wife is bound to her husband so long as he liveth. But and if her husband be dead, she is free to marry whom she will only in the Lord. But if the divorced woman remarries, she commits adultery. She shall be called an adulteress if she remarries while her husband is still living. That's not what's being taught. I've been to several churches. Never have I heard that taught. Why? It wouldn't be popular. They want big crowds to come to their churches because this makes it seem like they're of God when huge numbers come to their churches. They seem more godly in the eyes of other people. Plus, they have much more money when they have more people to give to them. I moved to Lubbock, Texas somewhere around 2002. And a man there who was a Baptist, he and his wife had picked out a church for me to attend. It is a church I would have never considered even visiting. They probably had 4,000 members. I know the truth. Few people find the way of God. Not many. Few. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says, starting at verse 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. There was a woman who once attended our little church group or met with us. She had an adult-aged son who had been divorced once and was currently separated from his second wife. He said, Oh, the Bible is so legalistic. She told me this story, and I was so grieved. And I said to God, What he said really grieves me. And I was reminded of this scripture in Matthew. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. 
And then I heard from the Holy Spirit the following words. Most people want freedom to sin. They want to be approved by churches in their sins. They want to freedom to sin. They want to feel like it's okay to do what they're doing. But those who are really of God want freedom from sin. And freedom from sin are the scriptures, which is the word of God, which tells us the way of God. And that is not going to be the way of man. I went to a museum dinner sponsored by Texas Tech University. We had assigned seats at various tables. When I went in the room and found my seat where I was to sit, I was horrified. The man who was seated next to me was wearing the largest cross around his neck that I've ever seen anyone try to wear. It was about the size of a necktie, but it was a wooden cross. I knew this was going to be trouble. I sat down at the table, and there were probably about eight total people at the table. This man began talking immediately. He identified himself as the former pastor at Indiana Street Baptist Church. And he said, oh, we have such a problem at the church. We have such a problem. He said, we have We just don't have room to seat the people who want to attend. We've added on to the church building two or three times, and we still can't seat all the people who want to come to our church service. I spoke up and said to him, If you would teach what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, that the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, About half of those people sitting there would get up and leave you, and you wouldn't have any trouble having room to seat the people. His mouth just fell open. I got up and left. No way was I going to sit by this man through a dinner. One of the two offices that I have been assigned by Jesus, by God, is the office of a prophet. God took me to passages of Scripture in both the Old and New Testament to show me what prophets do. And one of the passages of Scripture was Ezekiel chapter 2. Start at verse 3. And he, God, said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation, that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. For they are impotent children and stiff-hearted. I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God. And whether they will hear, or whether they will forbear, For they are a rebellious house. 
yet shalt thou know that there has been a prophet among them. And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. And thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat that which I give thee. Throughout the Bible we see many examples of God's using prophets to carry messages of correction and instruction to his people. Prophets of God are not sent to the world, but to the church, to the people of God, to the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, to the church in the New Testament. Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 4 through 7 And he, God, said unto me, Son of man, go, get thee unto the house of Israel, to the church, and speak with my words unto them. For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech and of an hard language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many people of a strange speech and of an hard language, whose words thou canst not understand. Surely had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened to thee. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me, says God. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Matthew 23, Jesus says, Verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, for I say unto you, Ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. God put me into the ministry. Actually, at the time I was born again, he took me into heaven twice, two different nights. As I slept, I was taken into heaven I was with God, I was with Christ, I was with the Holy Spirit. I saw no images. It was strictly a spiritual experience. But at that time I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God. God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. Both experiences were exactly like that, and I believe they were at that point, 
putting me into the two offices to which I had been called, which are office of apostle and prophet. One day I was driving down the street and I heard, I have called you and set you in the body of Christ as an apostle. I was so shocked. I knew I was a prophet. I knew from the beginning I was a prophet. God took me up to all the scriptures on prophets, trained me about being a prophet. Everywhere I went, God would give me a word of knowledge which I would speak. The people would say, we know the hand of God is upon you. I knew I was called as a prophet. My own pastor at that time stood in the pulpit on a Sunday morning and said, Joan is not called to be a teacher. She's a prophetess. I'd never told anybody at that church that I was called to be a prophet. But the pastor said that. The man teaching our Sunday school class at that time said he almost jumped out of his skin when when Bob said she's a prophet. Because many, many times our teacher had started to say, Joan is a teacher. He said, I always had a check in my spirit that that was not right. And he said, then I knew it was a prophet. And I said, that's right. Everybody knew. All these religious people that I was around knew because God kept giving me words of knowledge and words of wisdom and special signs from the Holy Spirit to identify me. And they would say to me, we know the hand of God is upon you. I did not really know how rebellious they were at that time. But as I went through the years, I saw literally thousands of people, church people, come across my path. I was on radio from coast to coast starting January 1980. And many, many people came to my meetings and When certain words that I would speak offended them, they left. I don't believe I've ever really seen anybody come back after they left. They always left me because of the word that I spoke to them. They could not stand the scriptures. Oh, they could stand some of the scriptures, or maybe even most of the scriptures, but there would always be that one thing that offended them. Always something that I said that offended them, and they would leave. That's exactly what prophets do. Prophets are sent to the church to bring a message from God. And most of the time, the church people will rise up against the message, showing how much they despise the word of God. It's very sad. And that's what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew 23. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stoneth them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. You wouldn't have it. No, you want your own doctrine. 
You don't want a doctrine that says a man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. You don't want a doctrine that says a divorced woman will commit adultery if she remarries while her husband is living. You don't want doctrines that say things like that. You want your own doctrine, which says God loves you and wants you to be happy so you can marry whomever you want. You know that's the doctrine being spoken. I've heard it many times at churches. Well, what Jesus says is, Behold, your house is left unto you because you won't hear. You hate my words. And then Jesus says, For I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth until you say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. In Matthew 23, verses 29 through 35, Jesus says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous and say, If we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore be ye witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. The church people are always trying to stop the prophets from speaking. On January 10th, 1980, after God had spent the previous five years teaching me about the offices of apostle and prophet, I was waiting I had already closed my business and, so to speak, gone into the ministry, though I had no place to go, and I didn't try to go anyplace. I just stayed at my apartment and waited for God to show me what to do. I lived off of the money that I had from the sale of the merchandise of my business until God could show me what I was supposed to do. On the night of January the 10th, 1980, I was asleep in the night. And I had what I believe was an angel of God speak to me. It was a very loud trumpet-like sound. Three words were blown into my ear. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed and wrote... KWJS on a notepad because I thought they were probably call letters to radio or television and I didn't want to get them mixed up. I looked the word KWJS up and found it was a radio station. I said to God, Are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. I'm a writer, not a speaker. Instantly, the Holy Spirit brought the following words to my mind. When I said, I wouldn't know how to go on radio, the Holy Spirit said, call the radio station manager. That same morning, I called the radio station manager of the station KWJS. I told him that it might be that God was showing me 
to go on radio, and I said, how would you do that? He said, make an audition tape 29 and a half minutes long and send it to me, and if your broadcasting fits in with our station's messages, we will offer you a contract. That same morning, I recorded a message and put it in the mail and sent it to him at KWJS. Within five days, I was broadcasting exhortations to the church on KWJS radio. God put me on radio. There's no way they would have let me into most churches with the message that I had. Although the first messages were on the subject of taking thoughts captive, and they were very popular on radio. But after about two and a half years on radio, and I was by then on radio from coast to coast, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I was on radio from New York City to Seattle, Los Angeles, and several stations in between. I had a meeting in Seattle. As I was on the bus going to the airplane to return to Dallas where I lived, God said to me, now the stage is set. We are really going to move. I was so excited. God's way is different from our way. A few days later, the Holy Spirit began speaking to me, and it, it was a scripture, but I didn't really know it as a scripture when he started speaking it to me. He said to me, The time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. Over and over, God spoke that word to me, all day long. The time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. After that, God showed me sins that were being committed by some of the big-time radio TV ministers. When I tried to get the message to them that God had given me, I was shown that people who filtered their mail, threw the messages away. In one instance, it was really very obvious. One message was to Jim Baker. This was before the year of the Baker scandals. This was 1982 that I had this message for Jim Baker, and I was shown to record a cassette concerning the subject of adultery which I sent to Baker. It turned out that at that exact moment, he was committing adultery with a church secretary named Jessica Hahn, who later went on and did articles for Playboy about the subject. There were lots of awful things in that Baker ministry. But I delivered as best I could the message to Jim Baker. The name of the ministry that God told me to name this ministry by the name of Jesus, so I named it Jesus Ministries. We had letterhead that said Jesus Ministries. I sent a cover letter to Baker with a cassette, and on the cover letter I said, I am a prophet of Jesus Christ. 
And this is a message which I have received from God concerning you that I'm to deliver to you. I got a letter back from the Baker Ministry. It looked like a personal letter from Jim Baker, and here is what it said. Dear Jesus, thank you for your inspiring message. Jesus, I want you to know that Tammy Faye and I prayed for you today. What had happened is some office worker opened that package, saw the name Jesus Ministries, sent a form letter that looked like a personal signature of Jim Baker, and it says, Jesus, Tammy Faye, and I prayed for you today. That's how hypocritical they become. You know that. You've seen it. What it is is Antichrist. It's exactly what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Start at verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord shall not come. In other words, Jesus Christ will not return, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Jesus Christ would not return until the falling away came. When I read that scripture in 1982, God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scriptures. And that allows Antichrist into the churches. The only restraint against Antichrist that the church had was the scripture. And as soon as the scripture was removed, in part, scriptures such as the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, as soon as they removed that and quit teaching that and started explaining it away, Antichrist took over both in the ministers as well as in the congregation that went along with the perversion of the scripture so that the churches became so perverted. And this started back in the days of Paul. Paul told the elders at Ephesus, he says, I know that after my departing, many of you will rise up and speak perverse things to draw away followers after yourself. You can read that in Acts chapter 20. Paul knew it would happen. John, the apostle John, in 1 John chapter 2 verse 18. Oh, we'll just read that. 1 John chapter 2 verse 18. John said to the church group the following. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists. 
whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they may, might be made manifest that they were not all of us. These Antichrist figures will leave the real churches. And they will go out and start their own denominations. This has been going on since the day of the Apostle John and the Apostle Paul. Many Antichrist. There will be there are, are already many Antichrist that have come into our churches, says the Apostle John. And they won't put up with real doctrine. What they will do is leave. If, it, if the church that you're in is speaking sound doctrine, they'll leave you. The Antichrist will leave you. But if they, the church you are in has omitted any of the doctrines of Christ from the New Testament of Bible, then if you are of God, you will have to leave them because the perversions will be there. But regardless, Antichrist is not one man, just like the devil is not one spirit. The devil is a spirit in many men, and Antichrist is a spirit in many religious people today. Antichrist opposite to Christ, opposite to the New Testament Bible. It was so very, very difficult for me for 20, more than 20 years to see the perversion in the church groups, to see pastors that told things that were not in the Bible and lied to their congregations, deliberately lied, making up things. One pastor said, Sarah and Hagar are half-sisters. Well, I was so shocked. I came away, and I went to the Old Testament, and I couldn't find that anywhere. So I called him the next day, and I said, I was in your church group yesterday, and when you said Sarah and Hagar are half-sisters, I couldn't find that in the Bible. Where is that? And he said to me, I can't recall exactly where it is in the Bible. So I said to him, well, it's so important to me to know. Please look it up for me and tell your secretary to call me and tell me where it is in the Bible. He got very silent, and then he said, all right, it's not in the Bible. See, he knew it was a lie. He knew he was lying to me. When I said to him, I couldn't find it in the Bible. Where is it in the Bible? He lied to me. He said, I can't recall. But when he saw I wasn't going to give up, then he admitted the truth. It's not in the Bible. I spoke something to the church that is not in the Bible. But he wasn't sorry. He had no repentance. He, he was angry. That's Antichrist. That's exactly what happens in the book of Revelation 
When the plagues come, instead of repenting, they blasphemed God over the plagues. You'll find that in Revelation chapter 9, and you will also find it in Revelation chapter 16. We have a very bad situation in the church groups today. I was very, very grieved over it for so many years until God showed me this had to happen before Jesus could return. It had to happen. The apostasy in the churches had to happen before Jesus could return. And that's exactly what Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. The day of the Lord will not come until first comes the falling away and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And then when I saw it had to happen, the grief left me. Because if it's ordained by God to happen, how can you grieve about it? And it's the same thing on the Great Tribulation. It's going to happen. It's ordained by God to happen. Matthew 23, Jesus said, Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them ye shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth. And that's what's happening. Yes, we have prophets today in the New Testament church. They are sent to people, to ministers often, and often to individuals. They are sent by God to tell them the truth, to give them an opportunity to turn to the Bible. I was visiting in Clovis, New Mexico one, once where my mother lived. My aunt and her friend and I went to have coffee together. Both of these women were Baptist women. One of the women said, we have a woman at our church who is always against the pastor. And she said, pastor's building a new building and this woman is so against it. What do you think might be wrong with this woman? And out of my mouth came the words, maybe she's a prophet. That ended the conversation. Maybe she's a prophet. Because that's exactly what prophets do. They see the pastors and the other religious people at church doing things that they know are wrong. And they attempt to turn them from the wrongdoing. That's what prophets have always done. All throughout the Bible, every prophet does that work in the Old and New Testament. And yes, there are many prophets in the New Testament. You can read about them if you'll read the book of Acts and just look. You will see they're talking about many prophets. 
Paul traveled with a prophet named Silas. Agabus was a prophet who often delivered messages to the church. And we have a written recording of the exact messages that Agabus delivered. They're in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 11 and Acts chapter 21. If you don't know these things, start reading the New Testament. And before you read it, pray for God to give you wisdom each time you read it. Let him open your eyes to the truth. If you're willing to see the truth, I really believe he will show you. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.